You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 116, Kung Fu Panda 3. It's inner peace, man. <laughs> Hello and welcome everybody to this episode of the Animation Addicts Podcast. You are listening to the Rotoscopers and we are here talking about a new release Kung Fu Panda 3. I'm your host, Morgan Stradling. I'm here with my co-host, Mason Smith and Chelsea Robson. Say hello, guys. Howdy. Hello. We're is excited that, to be here. Um, is that emo emoticon in the rotoscopers.com chat directed at me because yes. of my hair? Yes. That looks, <laughs> if, if you are watching live, someone just did a very interesting emoticon that I'd never seen before. But the hair is a perfect semblance of me. It is. It, like this is going to be my emo episode, everyone. <laughs> I have my, um, I have my um, black T-shirt on. Actually, it's my, um, it's my Kung Fu Panda Two Animation Crew T-shirt. If you're not, if you're not in the Animation Crew, it means you have to like kill an animator and claim his T-shirt in order to get <laughs> one. So, or just eBay. <laughs> Either or works. Master Shifu, good time, bad time? Time is an illusion. There is only the now. So now's a good time? Oh. You must take the next step on your journey from warrior to teacher. But I'm no good at it. Oh no, it's the dragon teacher. He's so handsome. Oh, hey, Dad, what's up? You're terrible at it. Who are you? I'm looking for my son. Dad? Give your old man a hug! How do we know he's even related to you? Look at that! <sighs> Come with me. There's a secret panda village in the mountains. Welcome home, son. You look just like me, but a baby. You're like me, but old. Oh, he's adorable. I'm good. I have returned. Who? The master of pain, beast of vengeance, maker of widows. Okay, I used to work with Oogway. Oh, Master Oogway. Silence! Kai attacked the valley. It's all gone. Now he's coming for the pandas. You must teach them to fight. I am ready. I'm gonna turn you into Kung Fu Masters. Hi! Nobody said this was gonna be easy. Get ready to dance with danger! Enemies of justice! Prepare for war! Are you kidding me? must be the dragon warrior. How about you spare me the chit chat? I'm going to take your uh, chit chat in the chitty chitty chat chat in... chat 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 in the chit chat. We gotta get in there. But Master Chief, you're said... seriously afraid? Even Master Chicken's going in there, and he's a chicken. <laughs> 
All right. So we, like I said, we are here to talk about a new release, which is Kung Fu Panda 3. This is brought to you by the patrons of the Animation Addicts podcast, which is really exciting because before we didn't always do new releases. We kind of just said, "Mm, well, you know, we're not going to do them and whatnot. And this was one of our, our levels that we were able to do and unlock for you guys. So thank you very much. Because last year we did review the first Kung Fu Panda and the second Kung Fu Panda back to back. So it's been a few months, and so here we are for the final act of the trilogy. What a final pal. round. Well, it's not a trilogy, though. This is Appar- going to be... Apparently it's supposed to be six movies, but I don't know about that. <laughs> well, yeah. I, it's a current trilogy. Let's just put it that way. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so let's go right into it. The, the studio, obviously, is DreamWorks Animation. Directors were uh, Jennifer Ya and Alessandro Carloni. Yeah, Carloni. He was a um, he was a story artist for the first and second Kung Fu Panda films, and now he's a director. So I don't know. Is it? I don't know how that. Maybe I don't not. know how that works. It's like, hey, I was drawing storyboards for the last film, so can I be a director? <laughs> I did a really good job on that. And and we lost Chelsea. Chelsea. Perfect. <laughs> she did a really good job on. She something. left us on such a, a cliffhanger. Oh um, man. Okay, so, so for a 145 million dollar budget, it's actually done pretty well so far. It, it was. Uh, I don't know if it's still number one, but its worldwide box office gross is 204 million dollars or yeah, you know, more than that. Recording. Obviously, these stats are coming from Wikipedia and Box Office Mojo. And I, yeah, very, very impressive. This film's gotten a lot of buzz since it's been released and people and very, very, you know, strong reviews for the most part. So that's, that's all good and fun for DreamWorks. I think this is one of DreamWorks strongest franchises, uh, especially, I, I mean, I'd hope. Yeah. What, what do you think? It really is. There's like, there's the standalone, you know, lone wolf gems of DreamWorks, like, you know, Megamind and Shrek and there's a in uh, Prince of Egypt, but like when you can get a franchise that's that's as popular and beloved as this one, like that's a huge deal for a studio. Um, I don't know. Madagascar is probably already set sail, but the big franchises right now for well, in Shrek, well, you know, Shrek is love and Shrek is life, so can't really <laughs> forget about that. But um, I would say that the most widely beloved of DreamWorks's franchises are Kung Fu Panda and um, what well, I'm drawing a blank here. How to train, how to train a dragon. So yeah, DreamWorks is good with their turning films into franchises and really capitalizing on those. And, and it's good. I mean, I so for the big ones, I can't complain with having more how to train your dragon films. I can't complain with having more Kung Fu Panda films. There became a point where we were kind of complaining about Shrek had, bit too many of those. Madagascar, too. At Madagascar, Madagascar. another one. It was like, why? why two? Why three? No? We're oh, keeping that, oh, cool. that, that's right. We. <laughs> I forgot the last episode where I was like bewildered why y'all didn't like Madagascar, too. That's right. Y'all don't like it, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> I actually like two better than one. Sorry. I liked three. I thought three was actually pretty good, so... Never saw Speaking three. Speaking three, let's get into this three. <laughs> so Kung Fu Panda, we already went over basic stats about the film. And yeah, it's been out, you know, about two weeks at this point in time. So we, we try to do a new episode every two weeks. And for the past few years, we've been very, very good at actually hitting that and, and doing that. 
However, it just seemed that the day that we released one of our new episodes was the day that this film came out. So we weren't able to actually talk about it until two weeks later. So it kind of feels like old news at this point, what we're talking about, but I'm still excited. But it gives everybody a chance to actually catch up and see it too. So I think that's the best. Yeah, totally. It's okay, so couldn't possibly be any better. Yeah. What is that from? <laughs> that is actually from Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> uh, okay, so for hashtag <laughs> diplomacy, this is actually a pretty significant film because it was the first major uh, like American animated feature to be co-produced by a Chinese firm, a.k.a. Oriental DreamWorks. I, I really like that name. <laughs> Why don't they make just like a European branch called... Euro DreamWorks, you know, <laughs> Oriental DreamWorks, Euro DreamWorks, DreamWorks, Southern DreamWorks, <laughs> Heartland DreamWorks, you know. Anyway, so Oriental DreamWorks, they produced a about a third of this film, and I don't really know the logistics of how that worked. I guess they kind of, I don't know, do they give them like, all right, you get act one, well, it gets two and three. But anyway, <laughs> obviously it probably don't work like that. Uh, this was kind of significant because because it was co-produced by a Chinese firm, the strict import laws that are in China were actually cleverly circumvented um, for, uh, you know, even more ticket sales for DreamWorks, which was a great business move. But it's also like a great move to kind of, um, you know, expose China to more, um, more of these American animated films that everybody des- deserves to see, definitely. And what was actually really cool about this, and I don't know how they did this, was they actually made a Chinese dubbed version uh, with Chinese actors, of course, and actresses, but the speech was synchronized, the, an- the speech animation was synchronized to the Chinese language track, like the whole thing. Wow. That's a pretty good deal. Like, that's pretty cool. And um, psychologically, I think it would sell more tickets because I feel like, um, I feel like a lot of people would want to see, you know, the, they would want to see the speech. It would be something magical to see something that was produced in America, but make it work so perfectly in your own language. So mm-hmm. I think psychologically that was kind of cool. Anyway, I saw it, uh, the week it came out and it was beautiful as always. What is this? The green film? The first one was yellow. The second one was red. This one's green. Is this how, is that how it works? Yes. You got green out of this? What'd you get out of this? Well, there's some I got green. a lot of gold and red. Well, there's gold at the there end. There was a lot of green, yeah. Okay, the jade film, I guess you could say. Or do I got it twisted? Is it the the well? The second one was definitely the red one. Was the first one yeah. the green one, and this one is the yellow? Oh no, man, I, I would say this one is more of the green because it was all everything was jade. Well, yeah, there was the jade. What did you feel about this? What are your general thoughts, Chelsea? My general impressions were I really liked this film. Um, you can see by my, I did a video review on the website, not on the website, but on the YouTube channel, and I really enjoyed it. I took my two little nieces there, and I think they were like a little bit younger. I think I probably should have taken my older nephews. I think they would have really enjoyed it a lot more, but they were like, like my little nieces liked it. <clears throat> and um, I just... I thought it was really good. The jokes were really funny. I laughed way more than they did. And I was it was like a laugh out loud funny. And so I thought that was a really great part about this. There so, were a lot of laughs. I, I found myself laughing a lot during this film. I surprisingly didn't love this film. Like I had a good time watching it, but we'll talk about later as we're, as we're going through. But it just, I, it didn't, you know, have my heart, I guess. I, I 
which is interesting. I was really surprised that I really actually didn't enjoy it as much as everyone else. But let's start by the prologue, which is always a good Ah, oh, the spirit realm. So this is where Poe sends everyone when he skadooshes them. Ooh. I was disappointed that Tai Lung and Shen were not there because... That's, yeah, I was I was really confused about that because I was like, okay, if this is where he's sending everybody, shouldn't this be like the epic? But then I thought, well, maybe that's what number six is going to be. It's like when you play Nintendo and like you get to the final boss and it's actually all of the bosses that are, you have Ooh, to go against. Shovel Knight style. So I thought that's a possibility of what they're looking out for. But then again, you could also think, oh, well, maybe it just takes 500 years for anybody to find anybody. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the spirit realm's just this gigantic freaking place. But yeah. <laughs> um, okay. The reason why I'm disappointed that Tai Lung and Shen were not there, and this is, I hate to get into such a negative point early on in the film, but I really didn't like Kai, voiced by J.K. Simmons. Like, I really didn't like him. But how do you? How did he compare to the other villains to you guys? I think he had a lot of potential, like when he was first introduced and his character and everything about him. Uh, and then he he seemed very generic when he finally got around to just doing what he was doing. Like I didn't really understand his motivations other than, you know, he just wanted to get back. But, eh, no. Yeah, I gave eh, him a no, little... says Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the worst you could get over here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The worst we give is a meh. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I believe he was a little bit, he could have been fleshed out a lot better. And I think that's one of the things that I don't really like necessarily about the Kung Fu Panda series is there's not like one solid force. There's not one solid like antagonist. And I like having something bigger out there, you know, like build up to something. Or the baddie of the week or the baddie of the film, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it basically, it's just a really long cartoon episode where it's just this new baddie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was just, it was just like, uh, like this is one of the most frustrating parts of the film and I hate to be a downer, but he was just, uh, I just found him to be a kind of a mediocre villain. Like he looks cool. He's got cool moves. Every time he shows up, you got that cool music, you know, and he's really, he's got style, but like, I just found him to be kind of a cheapened watered down version of the two previous villains combined. Like he's got a little bit of Tai Lung and he's got a lot of, a little bit of Lord Shen. So Tai Lung, who's like the Oogway betrayed me guy, mm-hmm. uh, Tai Lung at least had a little bit of tragedy because of like his relationship with Shifu. Like he was the protege. He was the supposed to be the dragon warrior. And that all came crashing down when Ugoi rejected him. It was like awkward, you know, what was Shifu <laughs> yeah. supposed to do? And then um, Kai's whole like Ugoi betrayed me backstory. Like it just lacks depth. Mm-hmm. Like we know nothing about their relationship. So, okay. So they were generals, like what kind of army? Who are they fighting against? Like, yeah. They were like, Oh, they were like brothers, but I really didn't get that, you know? Yeah. And I then didn't you buy it. And then Lord Shen, who is very much I desire power, who who you also see a little bit in Kai. I found Shen, of course, to be the most interesting villain in the whole series. Like his motivation behind his lust for power is much more deep and interesting than Kai's. Like he's got this whole prophecy thing that a panda will one day defeat him, and it's like it it's what drives him to 
like take over all of China and be so merciless. And again, we don't have any like compelling reason for why Kai craves power. It's just like, but Kai wanted the power. He took the chi, you know, and then we got to we got to talk about this whole chi thing. It's not just for straightening your hair, ladies. <laughs> nice reference. <laughs> anyway, I, I found, oh, having used a chi a couple I, of times. I, yeah, I'm uh, like, I know that Mason has used a chi, so. I haven't used one recently, but uh, I, don't, I don't know if Shannon has one, but um, she's got a terrific <laughs> blow dryer. But, yeah, um, I thought that Kai was cool looking, but I just was not entertained by him. He just kind of fell flat, and I feel really bad saying that. Sorry, DreamWorks. I'd like to work for you one day, but I was a little disappointed. As a fan, I was a little disappointed by Kai. <laughs> See, That's what okay, I w- because I'm not going to be a writer or a uh, or a story artist. I'm going to be a technical uh, animator, and so um, I, I really... You should take really, story gets given to you. Yeah, yeah I'm going to do that. Technically good. As, as the riggers and animators do. So anyway. Very nice. Nice. Well, I think one thing that I I, I was kind of disappointed in... One of the main trailers that I watched was the Chinese trailer, and the Chinese trailer made the whole thing look super epic. Oh, and they really know how to do that. They, they always... know, yeah. Like, I have no idea what's wrong with our trailers. Like, they just are never as cool. But this one made it really look epic, and like everything was just bowing. And, oh man, oh, I was excited. I was really, really excited. Um, I think they could have done a lot more with the with the zombies. The zombies really could have been a lot more of a I don't know. They were just kind of there and you didn't realize like the depth of, Oh, your actual like being is no longer there. <laughs> I was sad man. that they took the chicken though. Chicken. Was oh cool. man. Master chicken. Halt everything. <laughs> this is my official recommendation to DreamWorks studios. Just drop the whole Poe thing. Make a master chicken standalone movie. Yes. Like I laughed so hard. He's like, <laughs> he just charges into there even master chicken's going in and he's a chicken but anyway i love master chicken he has a special place in my heart (laughs) i hope he wins the rotoscopers award 2016 rotoscopers awards as best breakout character (laughs) anyway one reason why i think kai might have lost his like impact for me was when he comes back to earth and no one really knows who he is you know, the duck's like, eh. <laughs> I, like I mean, it was, a, it was a funny joke. I used but... to work with Uguay. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. No, I mean, it got a laugh in that in that way, but it, it did kind of take away some of his fearsomeness. Yeah. I mean, he, he looked, he was like intimidating, but he just wasn't a powerful villain. Even, uh, oh, well, let, let's move on. So anyway, Poe now has to be the teacher. Poe is uh, destined to become... The Masta. And, Did you like um, how that was introduced? It was just like, all right, this is my last day. Here you go. Bye. No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> no. Now that no, you mention it, I, I do love how Shifu is so much like happier in the sequels. In the first one, um, I love his personality in the first one too because he's very he has an inner conflict and he hasn't found inner peace. But now that he's found inner peace, he's just kind of like, yeah. If you look at his face long enough, it's like <laughs> that fool's been smoking weed, man. <laughs> That's a dead giveaway. <laughs> she was just like, dude, no, I'm leaving, man. <laughs> Shifu, why are you laughing so much? <laughs> I don't know, man. You're the beer master now, man. Go Take over, you. man. <laughs> I'm retired. <laughs> oh, and it, 
<laughs> it's like an Ugwe kind of acted the same way in Kung Fu Panda 1, so it's like, <laughs> there's, a, there's kind it's of a true. secret to the Ugwe's thing. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, if you really loved this film, I don't mean to deface your um, your best thing ever du jour, but um, I, I'm, I'm just, that's just what I got from Shifu's, like, facial animation. I would never watch these films again. <laughs> I know, right? All bunch of pot smokers. <laughs> there are many morals in this movie, as we will discuss, and one of them is like, inner peace is just a joint away, man. <laughs> they should start making super, like, psychedelic style uh, movie posters for Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda Force. Like, and it was like, <laughs> anyway. I did like the uh, uh, turning you into you theme. <laughs> that was a, a good theme. I, of all the themes that they could have could have gone with. Well, I um, like it because if when you first say it, and and we see this in the film, they say, "Oh, I'm trying to turn you into you," and everyone's like, "I don't get it. That's weird. I am me." But then when it's actually absorbed and you understand the meaning, then that means so much to that person. So we see it happening to Poe, and then we see it later when he's saying it to all of his panda friends. You know, so. Um, I liked it, I, and I thought it was a good little message. <laughs> try to be other people. You shouldn't try to emulate what they are and their strengths. You got to do what your strengths are and work on those, and just be the best you that you can be, not the best him or the best her. Oh, very good. Yes, I learned. Yep, yep. <laughs> so glad that this this hit. Home okay, so that's two morals already. And this all revolves around this, like, Chi stuff. So where was Chi when they were trying to fight Tai Lung? Where was Chi when Lord Shen was rampaging throughout all of China? Hey, you know? line up online. Little step-by-step, step, man. Day-by-day. Day. Okay. Convenient plot online. devices that we introduce <laughs> only when it's convenient. Exactly. There are a lot of convenient <laughs> plot devices in this what film. What other sort of kung fu technique or mastery have we not talked about, which we should talk about? Yeah, in, in Kung Fu Panda 4, Poe's going to go, like, Super Saiyan and turn into this, like, gorgeous blonde panda. <laughs> abe, abe, ha! Anyway, um, I don't get the, uh, I don't get how you chi. How does I mean, one There are tutorials chi? online, I'm sure. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of hand gestures and movements. Whatever you do, do not, do not. Close, do not close the chi violently like this because it'll break the ceramic tiles. Just lay it down. Don't play with it. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. Um, yeah, so it's like the, the glowy thing and you kind of push it towards something and, and I don't know. Apparently all the pandas knew about it. It's just this like mysterious power, I guess. Well, you know, only pandas should know about it because, yeah. you know, they got to make sure to bring things in at the right time. But we don't really have time to contemplate the wonders of Chi because literally two seconds after that, someone is beating uh, Poe's dumpling mm -hmm. eating record. Uh, record. And that is none other than Poe's very own father, voiced by Brian Cranston, who really worked in this role. Mm -hmm. J.K. Simmons was was okay as Kai. He was a lot scarier in um, that drumming movie. And then... Um, but Poe's dad is like Brian Cranston just works for Poe's dad. Maybe because we all recognize job. him as, as like a father figure <laughs> for better or worse. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Frozen really ruined me because the whole movie, I was just thinking that dad, like Poe's dad was just going to turn into the villain. 
Really? And, yeah. That never I, crossed my mind. It I, was just like, why? I don't, I don't understand why, but it's for whatever reason, I'm thinking, oh, he's totally going to turn bad. He's a baddie. I get it. I was like, why? Uh, but, another reason why Frozen ruined everything. Yeah, Whiplash. Ruined that's, everything. That's what it's called. Thank you, Frank. Um, <laughs> I really hope, okay, the, one of favorite quotes, though. I, this was the, one of those parts that I just was cracking up. This part when he's like, I really hope you find your father. I really hope you find your son. Thanks. Okay, bye. And they're like, What the heck? (laughs) Oh, they're so dense. And we later find out that most pandas are very dense. Yeah. I guess they are they are in real life. They're kinda they're kinda dummies. Oh my gosh. It's like looking in a fat mirror. There are a lot of good quotes for this. Take just just rattle them off, Chelsea. Give us the quotes. Um, a couple of other one, good ones is, I can't believe we're, t- oh, when he's saying, he's like, I can't believe we're taking a picture together. And the guy's like, draw, like drawing oh, that was a, That was a cute little joke. I liked that. That was funny. And then later on when they brought that joke back, when they're like fighting the zombies and they're like, hey, did you get it? Did you get the it? Zombies. That's what that it was. was. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Um, that's, then, that's what you call them. And, oh, the part where he says, he's like, he's like, how in the world did you know to come here? He's like. I got a message from the universe. Oh, duh. I got a message. From who? <laughs> from from who? the universe. From the universe. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That was I've always, I've always felt like I wasn't eating up to my full potential. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I love all that stuff. Like, I don't know. I think the funniest part was him meeting his dad and just like horsing around with him, you know? Uh-uh. And what's really interesting is that we really get to see like a a, a whole new side of Mr. Ping, his duck dad, and he, he really comes into it his own. And you can, yeah, like his, you get to see a little more of his personality, a little bit of snark there. You know, I like it. I like. He still snark. thinks he hatched from an egg. I was the only one who thought, okay, you've just met your dad, you've been reunited. The most natural question after that is, so where's mom? And they didn't even get to it for another 20 minutes when conveniently, you know, they were they were talking about it and whatnot. But I was, well, I don't know. If this were me, I'd be like, tell me about my mom. I'm interested. Poe had a vision of losing his mom. Uh, Poe had a vision of losing his mom in the second one. And I think that's act- that was actually cleared up because he keeps yeah. having the nightmares. And I think in his fight with Tigris or something like that, he like blacks out and he has this vivid vision uh, of what happened or it was lord like, shen who told him yeah lord shen told him okay uh, well he lord shen him. was like lord shen lord, was like who never told you what happened to your mother he told me you killed him killed her no i ate your mother i'm just kidding it's even worse <laughs> lord shen's like <laughs> anyway <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> Lord Shen lost his sword, so he like pecks his mom. Anyway, um, I don't know. I I really like how Mister Ping kind of like at first he's kind of like the fifth wheel, you know, or the third wheel, I guess. Although you can, you can still work on a third with three wheels. But anyway, um, he eventually finds his his place in Poe's life, and then he joins forces with Lee as like dad mega combo. <laughs> anyway while all this is happening kai basically defeats everyone in the world and turns them into jade warriors every single kung fu master all of them 
are destroyed. And so you really are really supposed to believe that a bunch of untrained pandas later in the film are going to be able to accomplish this. Mm, tell me but more. They're about turning that. them into themselves, which is a greater power than kung fu. So pandas it? are the most powerful beings on Earth. They just have untapped potential, and once you tap it, that is when yeah, you gotta tap it. You can basically destroy it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, my, I have a Mason theory for y'all. Uh, this, the whole uh, defeating everyone. Um, this was all done so that all, an already massive supporting cast could be like conveniently downsized True. and be more manageable <laughs> because there's so many people like the, the Furious Five just like, all right, they're gone. Only Tigress is left. Did you know that Viper, they didn't talk like, anyway? Miss <laughs> Viper has like 0.5 lines in the whole film. Yeah. A, uh. <laughs> and I thought that Viper was like one of the most interesting ones to see her do Kung Fu because she doesn't have any legs. Mm. she's from two different worlds but anyway um i can always do with less seth rogan so i'm a little disappointed that that uh mantis had more lines than viper but i do love crane they had a little joke of the uh why why don't why do you have to say like wings of before you say uh, do a move that was funny (laughs) (laughs) yeah like, and then um, of regret. <laughs> I think Monkey had very few lines. He didn't really do much. Yeah. Like, there's basically this one scene where they're fighting the Jade, the previous Jade Warriors. And um, that's when you get to see them in action. Whereas there was so much more like teamwork and stuff in the um, second one. I don't know. I, I, I guess, you know, it's just you got to there's so much going. That's one reason why I. Uh, why this one was my least favorite of the trilogy because there was just so much going on and everything felt rushed. Well, and so, yeah, we're introduced very quickly to this villain. Oh, no, he's coming this way. And then he attacks and and then Poe oh, no, just suck up your soul like in five seconds. It's, it's and over. Poe just leaves. He's like, oh, I got a Master Chi. So see you later. I'll be back. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it was it was. That's the one thing I felt that this film, that was a great word. Very, very rushed. You know, we're introduced to the villain, we're introduced to this, they go to the panda village, they do this, he talks to people, he masters, blah, blah, blah. I, I just didn't have, feel like I had a lot of time to get to know everyone before moving on to another like key plot point. Yeah, I mean, it was even less than normal uh, in the chat. We're talking about how the Furious Five are basically filler for the other characters and Tigress is like the only one that matters. Mm-hmm. And And that's very true of the other two films, but like, I don't know. It's like the third one, like there's no, there's nothing left to learn about them. Like, why can't we learn more about their background story? Where uh-huh. did Mantis come from? Where did Viper come from? Why is she a Kung Fu master? You know, and why is Monkey here? Yeah. Like, what was the, what was the auditions for all of them? How did they become wannabe dragon warriors? You know, oh, these well. are questions. Yes. Oh, hopefully, they'll, hopefully we'll learn more about them in the, the further sequels. And anyway, but yeah, Poe leaves and he heads off to the super secret panda village that only took Tigers five minutes to find. Yo. <laughs> she's She's got a good sniffer. <laughs> she tracked him down. She is basically the main of the top five. And she's oh, got, they uh, all have their own, um, what is it, when they have their own action figures. He's obviously her, or she's Poe's favorite. Because he takes her everywhere. 
Yeah, and then um, Sarah in the chat is talking about how um, Secrets of the Furious 5, the series, kind of goes into their backstory. So, um, But for us, you know, you know who, who haven't watched them, then they, they remain a convenient, like an easy-to-replace and, and get-out-of-the-way uh, plot device, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, so, so pandas. pandas. Pandas are generally a little dopey. <laughs> is it is it did you did you find it kind of weird that they all looked kind of uglier than Poe? Did you guys notice that like you're, their faces were a little lumpy? You're I mean, like no me, but, to pandas. but small. You're like me but old. You're like me but oh. <laughs> With a hat. With a hat. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. The thing is, okay, here's my thing. They really put a lot of emphasis on Maymay's character in the Meet the Pandas section. Ah, uh, Maymay. Um, you can really tell that it was written for Rebel Wilson. And, and she was replaced, like, not too long before for whatever reason. Yeah, from the very beginning where she does some of her initial jokes, they don't land. And because Kate Hudson, no. this was not... Kate Hudson is not a comedian. And she's trying to deliver the lines, and the lines are funny, but could you just imagine what Rebel Wilson would have done to this role? So that was another disappointing thing, because I I guess because I knew it was written for Rebel Wilson, I was looking for that, and I was disappointed in the performance. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Funny. I'm not sure if it, was, if it was just the lack of, like, the just how it didn't land that I didn't like the character, or if it just I didn't like the character. He wasn't there that much either. Yeah, I feel but like it was just like had more of her. here. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. I don't know why you would pick. I mean, she did. Uh, Kate Hudson did a, a perfectly fine job, but why would you go from like this comedian who's just known for just being very outlandish and funny and and witty and and laugh out loud to Kate Hudson, who's very forward. Yes. Yeah, this is most unusual. We needed another I comedian, I think, to just slot into that role, but. Hey. Well, as long as it's not I, Melissa McCarthy, who I, I guess would be the next next mm-hmm. closest bet. I'm so tired of her. <laughs> what is she going to do for the new Gilmore Girls series? Uh, series? Like, she can't go back to I've, that character. I've never seen Gilmore Girls, so you've never seen Gilmore Girls. No, I know it's on Netflix. You're, right? you're, you're a female, and you've never seen Gilmore Girls. I guess I'm not a girl. Like I'm, I I'm mean, you said it. pretending to be a girl. Yeah. So yeah, well. Mm. Now I know, guys. Haven't seen Girl More Girls, so I've seen more. <laughs> That's okay. I also watch The Bachelor sometimes. No, I, I don't watch The Bachelor. I, I overhear it. I overhear it in the other room. Well, you I get the hi- about I, it, so that's basically. Yeah, I, I have to confess, Morgan. I, I get the highlights from Shanna, but I text you just to be cool. <laughs> you need to rethink your anyway. life. <laughs> yeah. Back to me. I want to go home and rethink my life. That's as interesting as this conversation we're having right now. Hey, forget Maymay. I ship Poe and Tigress. I was I was really seeing it in this film. Yeah, I, I, believe I think that there was something happening in this her. film, and I I think if they if they do the the full six movies, I I hope and pray that that's what's going to happen. Who else Who else ships Poe and Tigress? I know I'm not the only one. I'm checking the chat here. No, I totally do as well, and that's one another reason why I I let in with the fact that he always has her little action figure with him, and he's like, oh. Tigress, not creepy yeah. at all. <laughs> not creepy at all. <laughs> yeah. So I I hope something happens because I I 
I don't know. I because I, the close because Tigress is always there to help Poe out with uh, with with his problems through you know through some sort of combative uh, counseling session you know therapy session. It's like she's always <laughs> fighting him when she's like you know you are too weak to face him and he's like no I'm not and she always like defeats him and she's like I'm right you're wrong. Isn't that how marriage works though? You. Know? <laughs> <laughs> so I really think it could, I really think it could happen. Oh my gosh! The signs are there. <laughs> anyway, I vote I vote uh, Poe and Tigress for the win. <laughs> well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Wait it seems like see. everybody is always thought of a Poe and Tigress. <laughs> Frank in the comments says Tigress called Poe a quote friend at the end when using the cheat. So friend zone. So, yeah, right? Well, <laughs> that's yes. Hey, now they're in the friend Thank zone. I'm clear. just saying there, there could be a little something. Or maybe some. she's one of those like really hardcore girls that it's like you have to go through the friend zone in order to get to the not friend zone. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, actually, that that really doesn't matter. I mean, what Carol does that? No, <laughs> you never know, get out but, of the friend zone. And you know why? You know why I ship it so hard is that um, I don't even know the terminology for using the word ship. I I think I got it from Morgan, and now I sort of think I know what it means. So I don't know why I'm so intense about the relationship between Tigers and Poe, but I I think it's because it's not love at first sight. She kind of hated his guts. And she, and there's always this like if you ever noticed in the back when she's in the background when someone says you're so great Poe you're gonna do this Tigress always gets this like look of apprehension and jealousy and so <laughs> I I really think it's kind of molding into this kind of very close relationship and um I think because it's been so slow I think it'll make the payoff so much better in the end uh, if they do fall in love and you know. I've been watching too much Bachelor Live because now I'm <laughs> oh, I do watch that. Um, so anyway, yeah. So here comes um, Kai Lung. I almost said Kai. <laughs> he fuses with Tai Lung. Fusion. They <laughs> 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 turns into Kai Lung. <laughs> the tiger goat. What even is Kai in the first place? Is he a wildebeest? Uh, he's an ox. Oh, he's an ox, but there is already a master ox. I don't oh, know. He's something wow. he's a weird thing. Anyway. Could have sworn he was an ox. Yeah, so they got to get ready for a big battle here. And um, oh, we're talking about adorable adorable Poe Tigress babies in the <laughs> chat. <laughs> I don't know if they'll go that far. Yeah. Uh, it's not Shrek. But they anyway. Two different worlds. Oh, they did do that with Donkey and the Dragon, so. <laughs> That's true. Yikes, lots of wiggle room there, DreamWorks. But anyway, so the pandas have to go to war. And I was a little disappointed that they didn't have the scenes from the teaser in, in this. But I, it, it kind of fits a little better how they did it in the um, in the actual film. Like, they're probably not great warriors, but there are there are certain things that pandas are good at, and they can use that to fight people. <laughs> and so, um, you know, and here's the third moral: is uh, use your strengths, use the stuff that you're good at to overpower your enemies. That's a good. What are you moral. good at? Well, I make really good smoothies. All right, use that. 
<laughs> well, I can yodel. Choose it. Yodel them to death. <laughs> Me and the yodeling huns. Oh, uh, you could have that yodel power that Jesse has when Andy is playing. Oh, there you go. And she can summon all the, is it the monkeys or the, I don't know. She, she summons something. Oh, that she calls a bullseye with it, right? Or she calls Buzz with it. I got to go back and see Toy Story 3 now. I forget what she does. Yodel powers. Hmm. (laughs) Well, yeah, she did this awesome yodel and it's like, boom, shockwave. And she like calls something. I think she calls the dinosaur or something. I don't remember this. Anyway, just watch the intro to um, Toy Story 3. Oh, okay. But anyway, this is how the big battle against Kai should have ended. Okay, so this is the movie version. So the strategy is for the the pandas to sacrifice themselves for Poe and distract the Jade Warriors, which they cannot defeat, uh, you know, in a race against time to put the super pinky hold on Kai and skadoosh him back to the spirit world. Okay. So that's all well and good. This is how it should have ended. So the Jade Warriors are actually the spirits of their friends, right? It's so tragic to have to fight them. Um, So what should have happened is instead of learning chi uh, all at once, the pandas should be slowly unlocking their chi-giving powers while they're fighting. And then they start freeing the Jade Warriors one by one, and then the battle turns when uh, they gain the upper, upper hand with all the with all the resurrected Jade Warriors, you know, like Shifu comes back and fights. Like I, I love watching Shifu fight. He's got <laughs> tiny limbs, but he's got so much power. And, uh, and so they slowly gain the upper hand until only Kai stands between them. And then they all use the Chi to banish him. But um, it's kind of all about Poe. And uh, he realizes that he has to indeed skadoosh himself in order to win the day. So moral number four, sometimes you just got to skadoosh yourself. <laughs> Which brings them back to the spirit world or the spirit realm. And uh, yeah, this one's definitely not. Everyone is just in the spirit realm no matter what. There's no spirit realm paradise or spirit realm prison, you know, where the good and bad spirits go. But but that's okay. It uh, it makes it convenient that they can all kind of fight and do their thing together. Woot woot. <laughs> and Poe becomes master of chi. Yay. I like when he summons the dragon spirit and the dragon starts moving and talking like him. <laughs> like, hey, hey. <laughs> oh, and then I love the chit chit chatty chit chat or whatever. Chit chat, chat chatty chat chit chit chat. And he's like, "All right, well, I have come to chit." <laughs> or he like turns around and does it again. I don't know. It was, <laughs> that was a really cute moment. I I love the anti monologuing campaign for villains. Got to catch a monologuing. Gotta, that, yeah. Gotta, uh, catch gotta, gotta catch a monologue. Gotta catch a monologue. Gotta catch a monologue. Gotta catch a monologue and gotta catch a monologuing. Oh man. I know it's about the destiny. Anyway. The staff monologue. is really cool. Monologue. <laughs> <laughs> monologue. Gotta monologue. <laughs> gotta catch a monologue. Yes, that monologue. All right, sorry. It went way too far. Okay. Oh my God, that's so this whole, this whole chief thing. Um, I like it how once again the hero protagonist learns in five seconds what it takes other characters and oh, supporting yes. protagonists to learn in 30 years. It takes them 30 years to do. Like, whatever, 
Whatever happened to hard work and patience, folks? Nope. That does not appeal to millennials. Therefore, no. Oh, yeah. it definitely yeah. did not. Yeah. <laughs> I got to wait 30 years. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. No, it's like, now. I want it brings, now. But, Daddy, I want it now. Oh, Veruca Salt for Willy Wonka was like the perfect model for <laughs> millennials. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How much for the golden goose? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look at this. Yes. I want it. I want a party. She was a bad egg. Anyway, (laughs) such are millennials. So which brings us to our fifth moral of the movie, which is everyone can be instantly the most amazing, awesome thing ever because everybody is the chosen one. And when everyone's the chosen one, nobody is. Yep. And uh, that's the fifth, uh, fifth moral there. I don't know. I was a little upset about that, but of course, for like the movie story flow reasons, like Poe has to be the special destined one to learn Chi. Plus, he's a panda, so it, you know, obviously he descended from everything back. Yeah, he's a panda, so he doesn't. He kind of has a. He actually has a pretty well built in excuse for, um, for you know doing and instantly what what took other characters so long to do. So, and he was nice enough to teach it to everyone at the end. Once again, everybody is the chosen one. <laughs> I just feel like what is going to be next with this now that everybody knows Chi, which yin is... Yin-yang? Uh, like, yeah, there was the yin-yang uh, symbolism there. Chinese zodiac. And, we oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Drag, an actual dragon. Mm-hmm. There you go. Rat warrior. Zodiac is actually the ultimate... Villains, all, oh. all twelve of their powers combined, they are oh, like, unbeatable. This is turning into Dragon Ball because Omega Shenron turned into the bad guy at the very end. But anyway, awesome. um, this is another awesome thing from Frank. Uh, is that Poe? Uh, a good point. Poe learned inner peace in the second movie in only a matter of days, and he also learned the super pinky hold. It, you know, just on the side while he was training <laughs> in the first movie. So. Poe's a very fast learner. Him yeah. and Jasmine should should um oh they should compare should, notes. Now nah, it's going too far. Um, <laughs> I, all I'm saying is they should compare notes and hang out. We should hang out. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. So Poe, do you think Poe's going to keep his uh, his cool um his cool costume, his Master of Chi costume? I did like that Master of Chi. I mean, the costume, the cape was cool. The, now, the staff the is the coolest. I mean, just that the eye just hovers there. Oh yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool. But anyway, and then one final look at Uguay, who is you know cool now at the spirit realm. Mm. Um, I like how a lot of villains are like, "Yes, give me the power," and then the main protagonist is like, "Fine, take all my power." And he's like, "Yes, I can feel it. No, it's too much. No, the universe is mine to control. The universe. Yes. It'll be the living space. Exactly. Unlimited power. Too bad the emperor in Star Wars didn't explode. So here's another question. If Poe now can can beam basically between worlds, is he considered immortal? Uh, maybe he is the supernatural guy now. Hmm. I don't know. That's interesting. Like that's that was my other question. Well, and then okay. no, he can do it while he's alive, but once he's dead, he probably can't come back. 
Yeah, because remember, he has to kill himself. He has to skadoosh himself every time. That, that's actually not that hard. You just do the thing. Anyway. <laughs> you, just, you just do the thing, yeah. So, so Mason found six level or six there's, uh, there's messages. More. There's more morals. Oh, yeah. How, how many? What, what other morals did you get? Uh, there's fat. another one where um, I don't know. <laughs> One thing I did really like about the film was was Lee and and Ping um they they kind of worked together. You know, Lee had the oh yeah, of course. It had a you lied to me moment in the film, but it wasn't <laughs> the main protagonist that lied this time. Way to go, Dreamworks. You all did great. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Um cuz when Lee get realizes that he's messed up and he has to fess up to Poe and Poe gets really mad. Uh, Ping offers him word, uh, a word of advice as his adoptive father, you know, and uh, <clears throat> then they kind of, I guess Ling or, or Lee kind of helps Ping kind of loosen up and, and warm up to pandas and who, who can't do that? Who doesn't like pandas? And then, so they, and then they fight evil together at the end. And so I like that whole dichotomy and, um, that kind of support system um, is a really cool message for um, for the the crowd that you know for uh, people who who deal with like split families you know you, mm-hmm. who have adopted fathers and real fathers that they both are in contact with and so it's kind of I, I kind of saw it as kind of a cool little message about that mm-hmm. yeah because it's like the '90s was all about like I don't have any parents I'm an orphan but now that all those '90s kids are grown up and they have to reconcile with maybe their adoptive or their, their biological parents. And, you know, this, this movie has kind of a cool message about that. Now that they're all grown, we must reconcile. Therefore, all of these movies are about reconciliation. How funny. Um, here's, a, here's something that I noticed. So afterward, they kind of, they didn't have like a dance party at the end, but they kind of did. <laughs> you know, it was like the... We're trying to, we're trying really hard to put a dance party in there. Um, but it's like help themselves. Yeah, you, you really it's DreamWorks, they can't help themselves. Um, but the thing that I, I thought was interesting was as everybody's like there doing their little, you know, swirly goldy thing. Um Yeah, swirly goldy thing. Yes. Goldy thing. At that point in time, okay, now does everybody have so everybody has this power. Now what? Like, do we need to even continue? Which brings me to my final point. Do we even want six movies for this franchise? I don't get me wrong. I love this franchise. Like I'm a big fan, but like Jiminy Cricket once said, after all enough's enough. (laughs) It's like, but like how, how do you go forward? Well, I don't see what's driving the plot. I mean, obviously it's very episodic where every movie is a different, you know, concept villain whatnot but there's no overarching theme that i can see so far i mean yes it's post journey you know being a kung fu master but more than that it's this ain't no harry potter you know <laughs> no right there isn't that's and that, yeah that goes back to the the overarching villain you know before it was in harry potter it was voldemort it was that drove the whole thing it was just this ever constant um, threat and then you have little threats along the way but no there's just there is no big threat just a little threat <laughs> you're, you're just a little threat that kept, kept on threatening 
there's no <laughs> underminer in this in these movies like every bad guy is a terrible bad guy he's like yeah evil dude. oh there were the wolves they were the henchmen the hench wolves mm. of Lord Shannon. Yeah, one. that's true. The second one was just so good. I'm sorry. The, thir- the third one, uh, in the end, the third one just has so much in it, and it goes so fast that it's just rushed, and it doesn't have any, like, really impact for me. And the mm. beautiful, graceful choreography of the fight scenes in the first and second ones are kind of non-existent in this one because you're dealing with a villain that you can't fight on a physical level. And in the end, like when I when I go to see a kung fu movie, like that's what I want to watch. And so I don't know. Maybe they'll do some prequels or something like that with four, five, and six if they end up doing them. But, but I don't know. In the end, this was my least favorite of the trilogy. Yeah. I... It was beautiful. It had a lot of humor, and technically, it was you know marvelous. You know, no one ever, no one ever gives the the casual viewer never gives a hoot about the the technical prowess and all of the you know, all the little failures along the way that built up to actually pulling off these amazing effects and amazing animations. Like no one really sees that because it's not surface level. And, and so I, you know, I, I see it and I appreciate it. And DreamWorks is very, very advanced with their, with their animation technology. It's, it's very, very cool. Their lighting system too, man. I can't wait for freaking um, how to train your dragon three. I can't wait for Mason to actually work at DreamWorks. (laughs) I know. And then he won't be able to talk about this anymore. He's like, Ooh, yeah, we have an awesome lighting system, but I'm actually not allowed to talk about it ever. NDA, sorry. Yep, sorry. Be like, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to work. Well, I hope I can still do, the, <laughs> do this if I work <laughs> at a big studio. I hope they're not like, no, too much of a liability. It's <laughs> us or them. <laughs> no. Somehow I don't. <laughs> I think you can still have a, a life after, you know. Oh, yeah. A I'll, life put on a disguise and I'll, I'll put on an alias. Oh, you'll just you'll put on an <laughs> accent. To that side, you'll flip it to the other side. You know, there is a time in the lifestyle of my haircut uh, where I actually <laughs> do have to flip it to the left side. See, now I'm a completely who, who are different, you? different person. I don't know who's that. What'd you do with Kermit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can I can always slick it back here. There we go. Oh, there we go. Wow, I I don't know who this is, but welcome to the podcast. So we were just barely. <laughs> Hello, I'm, I'm British Mason because my British accent is notoriously excellent on this podcast. Because <laughs> oh, I now have an outlaw for an in-law. <laughs> <laughs> so I will go first. I will uh, rate this film 3.5 stars. I just, it didn't do much for me and I was really excited about it and then other people had seen it before I got the chance to and they, they were quite raving about the film and then when I saw it I was like well it, it was good I, I you know had a great time but I didn't really feel that there was much driving it uh, I thought that it was rushing quite a bit from character to character and scene to scene and even certain characters that I was really anticipating you know like May May just didn't deliver and I think bad casting or you know unfortunate circumstances there led to that but at the end I just didn't love this one as much as the other ones and I think I'm satisfied with three films I think I am too and um did you did you give a rating Morgan 3.5 uh 3.5 I'm actually gonna give it three Oh man! Maybe yeah, I'm sorry, three, just three stars. I'm well, being harsh at three point five. <laughs> it's like we live in this age where it's like anything that's not perfect is like if you you know you do four point five for a film that are that people think should be five stars, they're like, oh, 
I'm offended, you know. So mm-hmm. I hope I don't just like. I'm gonna give it three. Take it back. I hope I don't make any, any diehard Kung Fu Panda fans' his head is explode. Uh, the Rotoscopers have betrayed us. <laughs> I don't want to insult the hardcore fan base for Kung Fu Panda. Um, I love, love, love the second one. The second one is near perfection. The first one is not quite near perfection, but still very good and a classic. And the third one just didn't do it for me. So three stars. All right. Um, I'm going to go. I actually am going to stick it at, at three and a half stars because when I saw it, I was thoroughly entertained and I thought it was funny and all of these story little flaws really didn't, didn't have an effect on me. I felt like it was a, a good time. I thought it was a good time. So I'm just going to stick with three and a half stars. Um, while I, you know, we all know we've gone through several of the problems, but no, I thought it was fine. Yeah. So. Well, let us know, uh, you know, let us know what you think in the comments for this, uh, you know, for the YouTube broadcast here and uh, and in the chat. I don't think we have a Twitter question. No, no Twitter question. I was going to ask what did everybody think of Kai, and I think I think people are kind of mixed on it looking back. A lot of people liked his music. Oh, yeah. I How did I forget? About, I didn't forget. I just it kept rolling, and I didn't get around to saying how much I loved the music. Um, people say, say that kai was like an underwhelming and unappealing villain on like character appeal in a villain like that's hard to that's kind of a hard thing to tack down um and he just wasn't appealing to me A lot of voicemails that were sent in. Five different Ooh, voicemails. Five voicemails. Let's get yes. it. Serious five. So our first Furious five voicemail. First member of the Furious Five is DJ Slope. Let's give DJ. Ah, oh, DJ Slope. Hey Morgan, Chelsea, Mason, how's it all going? Uh, it's DJ Slope here. I'm currently driving through Canterbury. No, uh, don't talk to us while you're driving. And all that. But anyway, yeah, you guys are doing um, Kung Fu Panda. Unfortunately, I don't have much input on that one because, uh, well, I have watched it a couple of times. and I don't know. It just doesn't really grab me. It has no real lasting appeal in my books. I, I don't understand what everyone sees in Kung Fu Panda, unfortunately. Uh, it's definitely not for me. But I've got a cool question for you anyway. Cool. Uh, with my little baby boy who's uh, 10 months old, uh, I, I, I'm getting ready for the first time to sit down with him. And obviously, it's probably still going to be a year away yet. And watch a good Disney or Pixar film. Uh, and I wanted to see, I don't, I don't believe you guys have children. I'm really sorry if you do, and I didn't know that. But um, what would you guys sit down and want to watch with your little boy or little girl? We'll do both. Um, and watch for the first time, you know, that really quality, memorable moment. Um, for me, I think as a boy, I think Jungle Book or Toy Story would be brilliant, brilliant starting uh, movies to sit down and watch with my little son, Toby. Uh, if I had a girl, which I don't, I think, you know, a typical Disney film, maybe something along the lines of Cinderella. Um, probably not Beauty and the Beast, maybe a bit too scary. Uh, yeah, maybe Cinderella if it was a girl for me. But yeah, what would you guys choose? Anyway, uh, I'm going to sign out here. Guys, keep doing what you're doing. 
Oh no! What happened to him? Is he okay? <laughs> he was driving. I think. DJ, can you hear me? Maybe. Uh, I'm going to sign out here, guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Oh well, uh, yes, that happened. Keep doing. It happened again. So, DJ, can you hear me? Are you okay? <laughs> okay, um, okay. Toy Story and or Jungle Book are terrific choices, DJ Slopes. So. Uh, definitely, definitely follow your heart on that one because it's in the right place. I think my very first animated film was Peter Pan. Mm. And so I think when when we get around to um, having kids, I think that might be uh, one of the first, if not the first. Well, I like Toy Story, you know, and also it comes to mind is Beauty and the Beast, but uh, he, he did said it was kind of scary, but, you know, I I think when you're two, you can handle it. <laughs> I do remember being scared the first time I saw Beauty and the Beast. Like there was this one part where like he like was so mad and he like turned his cape. And I just, I remember myself being like, oh my gosh, no. Um, the cape? Yeah. I, I thought it was like, he just like, I don't know. He was just angry. Just like, ah, and he like slammed the door. I was like, oh, anger. Um, yeah. Before even he even said that, I I was going to go for Cinderella for the girl, um, for a boy, man, there's a lot of good ones. Boys can watch Cinderella too. Yeah, those, those rats are hilarious. They are. So, but I mean, yeah, well, either one, you're watching Cinderella. <laughs> All right. Cinderella is a good one. All right. Our next voicemail is from Jack. Hey, Rose Corpus. Atlanta. I just want to give my quick thoughts on Kung Fu Panda 3. I gotta say, the backgrounds, I wish I had them as a wallpaper now, but onto the movie itself. Did you guys think that Post's character arc was a little recycled from the previous installments? I certainly did, but I'm not sure where else they could have gone with it. But as good as it is, I liked it a lot. I would give it three and a half stars. It's consistent with one and two, but I think it could have been a little stronger if they tried something a little more different with Post's arc. And I, I got to admit, the fat jokes get really tiring after a while. <laughs> Thanks, and keep up the great work. Bye. Yeah, about that. Those fat Yeah, you bring, jokes. Up, bring up some good points there, definitely. So right, he said he liked it a lot, but rated it 3.5, which is kind of like us. We enjoyed it. We had a good time, but it didn't feel like it was really bringing much, much new, exciting, whatnot. So, yeah, yeah I yeah. felt right. the exact same thing. We will go next to Joshua. Hi, this is Josh, and I was just calling to say that I really did enjoy the third Kung Fu Panda movie, and I was just wondering if you guys were ever considering reviewing a true Disney classic when it comes to the movie Bambi. So, just let me know when I hear this next podcast about the third Kung Fu Panda movie, and I just cannot wait. And if you do eventually do, Bambi, then I'll leave another voicemail to go into which character I love the best, and I bet you that it will be a real surprise. <laughs> so, can't wait. Bye. I'm calling it already. The uh, the hunter is your favorite character, as is mine. 
Thank Gotta exercise God. your rights. <laughs> no, oh, man. Nah, dude, thumper all the way. So if we ever get a rotoscoper's choice, and I'm fine with the patron, the patrons um, choosing um, choosing our films because they do a great job. But if we're ever, if there's ever that kind of fluke where it's actually we actually get it's actually kind of open, then Bambi would definitely be one of my choices to do that. Love it's a terrific, do. terrific, beautiful film. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. It's on our radar. It's on our we're radar. Glad you like, we're glad you liked Kung Fu Panda 3. All right. Next up is Sarah, who happens to be in the chat right now. Oh, right, she's Sarah. like the MVP for this episode. All right, Skippers. It's me, Sarah, again. And um, I'm leaving the voicemail for your Kung Fu Panda 3 episode. Actually, I'm seeing this two days after I leave this voicemail. I had a question on my mind, and I was afraid I'd forget it. But I waited until Saturday to leave this. Um, at what point do you think that director should think, hmm, it might be time to stop doing sequels for this movie? <laughs> because a lot of movie series is, or I don't know what the to that is, go on for way too long. Sure. For example, The Land Before Time just got another sequel, and I watched it, and it was as bad as you would expect. So, yeah, can't wait to see if you guys answer this question. Bye, guys. I love you. Love you too, Sarah. Yeah, I think it – so who who ultimately makes that call? The studio, the directors, the suits that says, you know, no more. Yeah. Um, I would say probably the studio for sure. I mean, I think an initial push for doing a sequel is – uh, obviously you need to have an idea, but if it does very well in the box office, then I think the studio, you know, goes back to the animation team and, and, and says, Hey, you know, let's, let's, is there something else we can do? Was there another story, another line? Um, now I don't work in animation, so I'm sure people who actually do are like, this girl does not know what she's talking about. Stop it. <laughs> Stop. Stop. This is what I imagined. Right. And I, it's doing quite well. And I, I I don't think this is a flop by any means. It's doing very well in in the theater. So I wouldn't be surprised if another one shows up as we've been talking about. There's a potential six that are planned. But if there are six, we have to go another way. Like, can we just have a Kung Fu Panda movie without a bad guy? <laughs> no? Okay. Never mind. Uh, uh, where it's more like Kung Fu Panda, like Poe has to defeat boredom. Oh, Oh. Or something like that. Or Poe has to defeat Never. obesity or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> has to get over his his food addictions. Yeah, who knows? And then um Yeah, so I don't know. Well I don't know how to keep going with this. Let's hear what Rachel says, one of our patrons. She always has such great thoughts. We'll see what she has to say about this. Hi, Rotoscopers. It's Rachel. And I was able to see Kung Fu Panda 3. And it's actually my favorite of the three. I feel like it has the comedy of the first one and the action of the second one and merges them really well together. I really loved the adoption message of the two dads trying to work out how they are going to love and help their son. And I really loved just the animation, the backgrounds, the way it merged 2D and some hybrid animation. And I thought it was really beautiful and very creative. And and I just very much enjoyed it. And so I was curious, what is your favorite DreamWorks 
animated film. Mine is Prince of Egypt. So thanks so much. I hope you guys enjoyed the film. Sorry, just daydreaming here about Prince of Egypt and how amazing that film was. Seriously, it is. So I had a Prince of Egypt reference today at work. So we use this program called Slack. And anyways, it's just kind of like a way that people can communicate and they have different streams of conversations and whatnot. And there's a thing in Slack where you type backslash Giphy or forward slash Giphy and then your word. And then it will randomly populate a GIF for you. So if you're having a conversation, instead of spending all this time looking for the perfect GIF, you can just go and type backslash or forward slash Giphy and then the word. And so I typed in, someone was saying something like, oh, you know, this is, it plagues me or, or something like that. So I, <laughs> you know, uh, Giphy plague and the plagues from Prince of Egypt came up, a perfect GIF yes. of Egyptians trudging through the blood water. I was like, yes. 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 Very happy about this gift. So, <laughs> however, bookmark that one right there. My favorite movie from DreamWorks. You know, Prince of Egypt and Shrek. I mean, you got to go to the early days. I, they are so good and in completely different ways. Shrek, because it really did break boundaries, it was totally new for the time and, and really changed the trajectory of animation and kind of humor and storytelling. Um, not necessarily storytelling, but at least humor and, and self referential pop culture jokes which may might be a bad thing but i liked it at the time <laughs> i still do and i how to train your dragon is good too but i'm still gonna go with those two hmm. all right let's see i really love prince of egypt i really love shrek i really love megamind and i really love the first how to train your dragon i think in the end, Prince of Egypt is my all-time favorite DreamWorks film. I'm going to say yes, Prince of Egypt for me too. But I if think you that took one's... the non-hand-drawn ones, the first Shrek is my favorite. Um, okay, cutting out all of hand-drawn, I'm going to say, I'm gonna say um, How to Train Your Dragon. Very nice, very nice. I mean, Prince of Egypt is just such a gem. It is. Can't ever beat it. Okay, Definitely well. my top five. That is everything for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for our Kung Fu Panda 3 episode. You guys made this possible. You made it possible so we could go see the movie in theaters and uh, pay for our tickets and then pay for you know all the patrons who help support the show, which allows us to keep this up and running. There are costs associated to running a podcast and keeping it up. So you can go into the backlog and you can watch, listen to some of our old episodes or you know everyone's favorite, episode one. And, you know, Going back, <laughs> talking about DreamWorks, how some of the earlier ones are the best. I do think that episode one is quite good. <laughs> we never got better after episode no, one. It, Actually, no, we ever since it's just been downhill from there. <laughs> uh, patrons really do make it possible, and we are so close to our goal of being able to do our you know biweekly news show, which will be really exciting. So, in addition to the movie reviews, but we're also going to talk about the animation news and bring on some of our writers and guests, and I just think it's going to be really really exciting. So, I'm so excited when we eventually hit that level. So, thank you for if you are a patron, if you aren't please consider being one a small donation of, you know, $1 to whatever uh, is doable for you. And if you can't completely understandable, there's still other ways you can support the show. You can go on our Amazon affiliate links, rotoscopers.com slash Amazon, start your Amazon shopping there and it helps get, support the show in just a little way. And we do appreciate it. Uh, same thing with audible rotoscopers.com slash audible. And 
If you can't do any of those, that's totally fine. Just tell your friends about the show. That is probably one of the best ways yeah. that you can support the show is saying, hey, there's this amazing show that I listen to. It's a podcast. And then let them, you know, talk their ear off about the Animation Addicts podcast. And you can also find us anywhere on social media. We are at Rotoscopers. So, and uh, thanks for another awesome episode, guys. It's been fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think I think one of my students that I teach at A&M, Oh, she, they watched, um, my 100 voices video and then she watched a bunch of other ones and, and reviews and stuff. So hopefully she'll get into the podcast and Ooh. I, can, I can start, I can start, start infiltrating A&M. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what we want. Excellent. You can, find on, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. I'm at Morgan Stradling. You can find Chelsea Robson. She's on Twitter, Instagram, Periscope, and of course, her website, ChelseaRobson.com. Her handle is Ooh. at Chelsea Robson. And good old Mason is Mason SMTX on Twitter. He also has a blog, thisanimatedlife.blogspot.com. Oh, yeah, you can see all my recent animation stuff that I'm doing for class. And then MasonSmithPortfolio.com is up and it's being uh, reworked. Ooh. Back I'm up, guys. To, uh, I'm going to. Um, Blue Sky Studios is doing interviews at A&M next month, and so... Nice! I like I'm, Blue Sky. I'm going to turn in my submission, and I'll let you guys know how it goes. All right, fingers crossed for Mason, everyone. Send good chi, good vibes. Send, send me your chi. <laughs> I'll right. know when I look outside and all the flowers are blooming. I'm like... <laughs> they said they're chi. <laughs> 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 <laughs>